Welcome back to another episode of an Athletic Life podcast. I'm your host, Shneef. Today, we have a very special guest, our first baseball player, currently plays baseball at the University of Minnesota, Golden Gopher, Josh Fitzgerald. Josh, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, I'm glad we got to have you on. As I said earlier, first baseball player. I'm really excited to interview you and kind of get your story out there to the audience and to the to the world, hopefully. So just a quick intro for the audience, you know, where are you from? you know, what class are you in, stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm from a small town in Iowa, uh, Mason City, Iowa. It's North Iowa. I went to a small high school, Newman Catholic. I'm actually a senior right now, but I have I have two more years of eligibility left because uh, COVID was my freshman year, and then I actually tore my ACL this year, so I got a bed read. Gotcha. So you uh, right now, your medical shirt, you're not playing right now, you're just doing that rehab process. Yep, I'm about six months into rehab right now, probably about six months to go. So what what does that process look look like for you? You know, what are you doing right now to rehab? What are you allowed to do? And, you know, what are you looking forward to within that process coming up in a couple months? Yeah, so right now uh, in the weight room, I'm doing a lot of fundamental movement stuff, trying to get my body to get back to the way it moved before my injury because, you know, my leg's pretty pretty weak right now. But it's going well. Um, I just started running, actually. Um, Probably at about 50 to 60% effort in regards to sprinting. But, you know, it's it's a challenge every day. But it's actually, it's pretty cool to see how much progress you can make. Yeah, of course it is. You know, the human body is crazy, the things that it can overcome and, you know, pain that it can push through. So, you know, I'm I'm happy to hear that you're back on track. And I I can't wait to, you know, continue to follow your story and see how you're doing six months from now and next season. But we have a, you know, we have some questions that we'd like to ask. And our first question for you is, did you play other sports growing up? If so, which ones? Or was it strictly just baseball, always baseball? Yeah, so um, kind of where I'm from, the high school that I went to, um, it was kind of everybody plays the sport in whatever season it is, just because our numbers were so low. But I played football and basketball um, in addition to baseball. Uh, some of my best memories are actually from playing football and I wouldn't trade it for anything because those moments were just so fun. Um, I honestly, it probably helped a lot in the development of the athlete I am today too. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, you mentioned you're from a small town guys and gals, they have to play the sports that are in that season because otherwise they just, they just don't have the numbers. Right. Right. And that's kind of, but also that's a benefit. I think it, like you said, it helps you grow as an athlete and grow as a person because, you might not get the same life lessons that you do, you know, from basketball to baseball. And so there's just unique experiences that you have within each sport that can ultimately grow your character and develop you into the person that you are today. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. It was super fun too. Like I love going out on the field on Friday nights. Um, Basketball was pretty fun. Just honestly, I wasn't very good at basketball. I didn't really know what I was doing, but you could just kind of be (laughs) an athlete out there. Yeah. We've all been there. That, That was kind of my story with basketball too. So you mentioned that some of your favorite moments were maybe uh, not in baseball. They were in your other sports. But ultimately, what drew you to baseball? Why did you choose to continue down that path? Yeah, so my two older brothers were also college baseball players. And growing up, I kind of got to watch them go through the process before I even started it. So my oldest brother, I got to watch him get recruited because he always knew he wanted to play baseball. So just watching how he worked, seeing, seeing his development and the opportunities he had with it. Um, our, our sport at our high school was baseball. That was our, our best sport. Um, so I, I wanted to play when I was 
pretty young. I wanted to get on the varsity team when I was pretty young. So I'd say that's the one I kind of, my eyes just went to and shifted to, and also the best chance I had of playing after high school. Yeah, would you say that the, being that it was the best sport, that challenge of I'm going to be on varsity as a young guy, maybe a freshman or a sophomore, that, you know, drew some competitiveness out of you that other sports didn't? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, from whenever I was probably like fifth or sixth grade, I was watching my brothers at the state tournament. And, you know, it sounds corny because it's high school, but, you know, I wanted to be out there and I wanted to be out there in front of everybody that was my age. So, yeah, for sure. And I knew it was I knew I was pretty talented at it. So, yeah, I was just kind of working hard and trying to beat the older kids, but also kind of learning, you know, what's different from where I was to what high school baseball really is, I guess. Yeah. And earlier you mentioned that you're from a small school. It was a private school, correct? Yes, sir. Being from a smaller school, I know a lot of small town kids in Minnesota have this problem. It's hard to get on the radar of the big colleges, you know, the mm-hmm. the big tens, the big twelves, institutions like that. Did you have that difficulty of getting your film out there and getting noticed by coaches or was it a smooth transition to get recruited for you? Uh, I say it was pretty difficult. Um, one thing that's different from Iowa high school baseball to other states is we play our season in the summer. So we're out of school and the rest of the states play during the spring. And then usually they do like, they do like travel ball in the summer, which is the time to get recruited. But because of that, a lot of us in Iowa, we don't really play that many travel tournaments, I guess on like high caliber teams, high talent teams against good competition. Yeah. Um, we're all, we're all the recruiting coordinators are at all those tournaments. So yeah, it was a few showcases here and there. Um, but you know, I wanted, I always had a dream to go outside of Iowa, which I did get the opportunity to, but I went, I went a different route. I went to junior college and worked hard there. Um, and both of my brothers, they went to junior college too. And admittedly, growing up, I didn't want to go to junior college at all. Um, but again, it still probably was the best decision for me because it really, it definitely cultured me and it definitely made me grow up. Yeah, for sure. You, you know, having that experience away from home in a different environment, ultimately, it's really good for for people, but it's, it's a little bit scary, you know, going away yeah. from home, especially when you're probably not used to it all, you know, because yeah. you were in uh, Dallas, correct? Yep, I went to Dallas Baptist for a year. Right, so now you're in a, you know, Dallas is a big city, big environment, something that you probably didn't have in Iowa like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of experiences with that. And then after Dallas, you were also in Texas, right? No, I went to the transfer portal after my first year at Dallas Baptist. Okay, and then is that when you ended up with the Gophers? Yep, I, uh, I went through the transfer portal uh, after the seasons. Um, it was kind of a... It's kind of a tricky time, honestly. You don't really know. You hope you have connections built up from the past that coaches can see that you'll reach out to. I sent process is it's pretty crazy, honestly, especially during summer ball, because you're trying to play, you're trying to play well and get your numbers out there, but you also don't wanna, you know, play to get recruited. You wanna just play. And that was one thing I had to learn was how do I balance, you know, trying to get an offer and get notice and also just play like myself but yeah yeah it's a difficult was, balance yeah it can, can be oh 100 is uh you know it's got to be tough you know seeing pitches and especially if you're in your, you're in a hitting slump or you're not fielding well it's 
and the environment's always changing. You're at, you know, a different stadium or you're facing multiple different pitchers in a game. It could be a, a big mind game for a lot of people. Yeah. Could you uh, explain the transfer portal process a little bit in depth and what it was like for you just, you know, moving away from Texas to Minnesota, reaching out to all these coaches, having coaches contact you? What was that process like? Yeah, so at first when you when you decide to enter the portal, um, you go through compliance and they, they admit you into it and you get a notification that tells you you successfully entered the transfer portal. Um, after that, it's kind of free. Like the recruiting process kind of starts over. Uh, it's kind of free game. You, you know, you build your, your highlight reel, whatever that is, your stats, your, your numbers, your skills. And for me, I was sending a lot of emails out every day. I was reaching out to past coaches that I had talked to. Um, and then on top of that, you're just, you're really hoping to catch, catch a break and your, your phone's always on you. That's for sure. Cause nowadays in division one baseball at least the transfer portal's crazy because of covid there's a crap ton of names in there everyone's moving after each year um, so you never really know and honestly i wasn't i was hoping for the best but it was kind of slow for me uh the gophers were they reached out to me pretty quickly to i had a pretty good relationship with our recruiting coordinator here going back to high school but um yeah i kind of once the Gophers reached out, I, I talked to them the most. Um, and also my my parents actually moved here to Minnesota, so it actually worked out quite well. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of times you hear, you hear this a lot, and it, it kind of sounds cliche, but it's not about what you know, it's about who you know, that kind of thing, and yeah. forming relationships. And it seems like that, you know, ties into your story a little bit. You have that relationship with the with the coach at Minnesota. How does that play a role and all these guys that are in the portal who ultimately don't find a home. Yeah, I think it's it's a huge role. You know, the coaches when you get when you get a call, they're going to ask you why you're in the portal, what happened, and ultimately, you know, it's it's your comfortability. How do you how do you know? Um, and again, with with here, I was comfortable talking to our coach. I was pretty he's a pretty easy guy to talk to. I've known him for a while, but I mean, if you don't have past relationships, you're really banking on you know, what kind of numbers you put up the year before or a junior college kid, what'd you put up at junior college or your tools and stuff like that. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta work too. A lot of the time um, from my experience with recruiting is if, if you sit back and wait, I mean, that's kind of a risky, risky model to go after. So I'd say just, you know, go after what you want, um, be realistic and yeah, kind of just, you gotta sell yourself. Yeah, I, I want to touch on that be realistic part because a lot, you know, nowadays a lot of kids are spending a lot of money on these camps that are at schools that probably are not realistic for them to play at. Mm -hmm. They're, you know, they're going to Big Ten schools, Big Twelve schools, you know, Pac twelve schools, and they're they're only hearing from Division two schools. What type of you know realistic values do you need to have to to be able to land on a roster that's good for you? It's the right fit for you. And is there any value in you know parents telling their children? you're not getting a call from the Gophers or from Illinois, you're not, you're probably not a good enough player to play there. You, you need to look at other schools. Is there any value in that? Or how does that fit into baseball? Cause I know for football, that's huge. Yeah. Uh, we only have 11.7 scholarships to split among 30 or 35 guys. So the offer isn't, you're not getting a full ride probably. That's for sure. Um, if you're not, if you're not getting calls, um, 
say from big time schools what you like i'd say really it doesn't it really doesn't matter unless that's what you want to do do you want to go to a big school and sit on the bench and just say you play there or do you want to go somewhere where you know you're treated right they care about you and where you're going to develop that's the most important thing um you want to get better through your four years for sure and spending all this money on camps and showcases and stuff like that you know i wish people knew like the emails you get saying you're invited to a camp that doesn't mean you're getting recruited necessarily that means you know they're hosting a camp and they're trying to make money could you get recruited off it yeah maybe but it's pretty hard to i'd say if you can play they'll find you yeah that's a, a huge piece for me is that their job is to find guys that are better than they already have and if that's you they're going to find you based on your tape and your coaches and whatnot but like you said just because you get an email from someone saying they want you to come to this camp that's not a recruitment letter exactly. they're trying to make money they want your money <laughs> yeah that's the way it works, unfortunately. And it's unfortunate sometimes because people, they see these emails and they think they're getting recruited by the Gophers or, you know, yeah. some other school and that's not realistic and it's it's not helping them out either. And it's yeah. setting unrealistic goals that they think they can achieve when sometimes they can't. It's just they don't have the ability to do it. Right. Why did you choose Minnesota ultimately? Was there anything besides the coach that you knew or did you take a visit and you just you loved it in the Twin Cities? What went into the process of choosing Minnesota? Yeah, so – you know, I wanted to go to go somewhere close to home, kind of, since I spent the year pretty far away. Um, and then, honestly, so campus wasn't, you know, no, all the other sports were D2. We didn't have any football or stuff like that. I really wanted, you know, college, I guess. Not just, like, going to a Big Ten school. Like, it's cool. You're in this big city. You know, you're the state's team. I thought that was a pretty cool opportunity. And one thing that I want to do is I wanted to represent Northern baseball players. Um, you know, I feel like there's not a lot of love for Northern baseball players because it's pretty cold up here. I mean, all the, I guess, quote, cool schools are down south, but I think it's really cool when, you know, teams up here in the Midwest are, are kicking butt and making a name for themselves. Absolutely. It's, you take pride in playing for your region, you know, the Midwest. And, yeah. and it might not be – you know, you're not from Minnesota, you know, it's not like you're playing for, you know, Iowa or Iowa State, but there's still that, that feeling that you're home, kind of, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, exactly. Yeah, and I think that's a huge part in a lot of recruiting for kids is, are they close to home, and do they feel like they belong there? Mm-hmm, 100%. Yeah. We're going to transition a little bit to to baseball and kind of you and your skill set a little bit. What would you say is the hardest pitch for you to hit? Mm. I'd say maybe maybe a good left-handed changeup would be my hardest pitch. If the pitcher knows what he's doing and if he tunnels it well with his fastball and, you know, if it – because, you know, a lefty changeup is going to look the same as their fastball and it's going to drop off. And if that's good, odds are I'm rolling over to third base. Yeah. And <laughs> is there any difference in the, the release or how, how can you tell what type of pitch you're going to get – or can you tell for me so some guys look for a pop in the hand if it pops out it's probably off speed um that works for righties i guess i see that more because i see more righty sliders and curveballs but you know sometimes if it's if it's spinning if it's moving you can see a little dot in the ball um 
a lot of hitters after each at bat, they'll talk to their teammates. They'll say, did you see the spin? You see the dot. Um, so if I'm, if I'm saying fastball and I see a dot, I mean, that's how my brain kind of flips recognizing off speed. And I think, uh, there's an interesting video I saw. It's like the, a fastball can get from the mound to the plate in a blink of an eye. So if you, you know, you blink, you miss it, it's gone. (laughs) So it's just, baseball is incredible to me that you have to make a, you know, split second decision on whether you're going to swing or not, or if this is a, you know, a fastball or a change up or whatever, you know, to have that ability is incredible. And I think some baseball players, they have got the craziest reaction time, you know, maybe besides like NASCAR drivers or something like that, but it's incredible. Exactly. You know, if, if you're not all in on um, the majority, especially at a high level, if you're not all in on the fastball, there's just, there's not much you can do if they blow it by you. Yeah, Absolutely. If you had to, if you had to pick one big league player that you'd say you tried to model your game after, who would that be? Um, maybe not a. I wouldn't say necessarily a player, but there is something I try to model myself after. Um, so there's this thing in baseball. It's called the five tool player, and from when I was young, my dad would always tell me I gotta learn how to learn my five tools and play after that. So it's hit for average, hit for power, and your run, throw, and defense. Um, So it's just, it's kind of like you can do all five of those things. And for me, I really wanted to develop each five of those into part of my game because not hitting well, I can still impact the game on the bases or in the outfield or whatever. So it's tough to get a guy out of the lineup if if they can impact the game in one of those five ways. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, this is maybe it sounds like a weird comparison, but it's like cash crops for farmers. If you farm specifically in, and you specialize in a cash crop and it, it's a bad season, you're done. There's nothing you can do to help yourself. <laughs> so it's that it's not being too specific. It's being um, really good in a lot of different areas or maybe not really good in one area, but better in multiple areas than guys who specialize in one thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you it's pretty rare. um to have all five tools at the highest level, but you know, if you can develop them and work on them, it's, it's only going to help you in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be better at, you know, everything is obviously better than to be in one thing to be better in one thing is, but you know, not as good to be better in a lot of different areas that you can improve your game, help your team. And ultimately you're there to help, you know, the Gophers win ball games. So. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a, a favorite big league team that you have, you know, from Iowa, there's not a, an MLB team there, but. Who would you pick as your favorite team? If I could pick a team to win the World Series right now, I would hope it's the Twins. But being a Twins fan my whole life, I know that's probably not going to happen. Maybe a sprinkle of the Red Sox just because my two older brothers are Red Sox fans, but I'm more of a hometown Twins person. It's the the curse of Minnesota sports. It's not just the (laughs) Twins. It's everybody. No, it's the Vikings too, unfortunately. Oh, it's heartbreak city, man. (laughs) Is there a specific stadium that you wish you could play in that's an MLB stadium or even a college stadium, one that you just really wish you had the opportunity to play in? I'd probably go with one of the classics of the Dodgers, maybe the Yankees and Fenway. I think that would be pretty sweet just because those are the posters of MLB baseball, I feel like. That would be sweet to me. Yeah, there's a lot of culture and a lot of history in all of those stadiums. Yeah, that would be awesome. Being an Iowa guy, 
I don't know much about this, but Field of Dreams, what is, have you been there? Is it real? Like, is there a real feeling there? Honestly, I have never seen the movie, so. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's different. It's a cool, the MLB stadium there is pretty sweet, actually. Um, I did get to see that, I think, twice in summer ball. We took a trip there. The movie site for me, I don't know. I'm used to playing with cornfields behind the fence. That's where I grew up. That's where my high school games were. But yep. for for the California guys on our team and wherever else, they thought it was just unbelievable. Skill-wise, um, there's a few of them. One of my buddies, Levi Usher, was just – he's still playing, actually. He got I think he got drafted last year out of Louisville. He was our center fielder, but if – Going back to the five-tool player, it was that guy. I mean, that dude was an athletic freak. He had – I know he had multiple Division One football offers too, but I think he ran like a 6-2, 60-yard dash through 100 from the outfield and could get into some baseballs at the plate. Um, another kid, actually, just we just played him the other night. Uh, he's a catcher for Ole Miss, Calvin Harris. He's, he's an Iowa guy too. I played with him a little bit in high school, but, I mean – he he committed to Ole Miss when he was like I want to say a sophomore or junior and we were all like damn and Pretty he just talented. kept get, he just kept getting better too and now he's three hole for Ole Miss so he actually almost parked one against us but it was pretty cool to see him and yeah he's those two I definitely say are the most talented dudes I've ever seen and, and what about just the best teammate you've ever had not necessarily from a skill point but they're just a good teammate yeah the best teammate. Hands down, I I knew the answer to this right away. Um, he's my JUCO buddy, one of my best friends. His name's Chase Mosley. Um, he's this. I don't want to cut him short, but he might he might be five seven, <laughs> but he is just an absolute meathead. Um, he's one of those guys you want to go on the field with every day. He might. I remember our freshman year. He was he was a little quiet. Um, sophomore year, he actually he actually committed to an NAIA and I think like right after he committed, he kind of hit his development peak, I guess not peak, but he just like kept getting better. And just to kind of speak on the type of guy chases, um, he actually left the NAIA cause I think he knew he had more in him and he went back to Juco and hit, I think like, 24 home runs maybe and batted 480 and now he's playing right field for Iowa so he's just one of those dudes where you know you're not going to be soft around him he's gonna he's gonna tell you to pick it up if you need it and he's also just gonna be there for you on and off the field and just absolute amazing dude best teammate by far those are the guys that you need in your life guys that are gonna have that hard conversation and be honest with you you know hey pick it up we need more out of you or I know you can do better what are you doing yeah, those, those teammates are the best to have. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is kind of a weird question I like to ask people, but if you weren't playing college baseball and you could play a different sport in college, what would it be and why? Uh, I think I think playing college basketball would be sweet because one, that'd probably mean I'm six, five or six, six. And that would be <laughs> awesome. That's a great perk. Yeah. Two, I think I think they only have like maybe 15 guys on the roster. Um, I feel like that would just be sweet to have a small group. I feel like you, cause one of my favorite things about, you know, playing on teams, is just the guys. It's so fun to be with them every day. It's fun to get to know them. Um, 
sounds cliche, but they treat a small group around 15 guys and just playing basketball. I feel like that would be super fun. Yeah, you get to do something you love. And not necessarily that it's, it's a different experience because I'm sure there's a lot of crossover, but it is a little bit of a different experience being that you have a maybe a stronger connection with every single guy in your team. You know, Currently, yeah. I've got 110 guys on my team. I wish I could say I knew them all. I knew all their stories and everything about them, but I, you know, I can't just because there's so many of us and it's, it's hard to find that time. So, yeah, I've always wondered what that's like in football to you know, the roster so big. Like one of the, one of the questions we always think of as baseball players is if the coaches even know everyone's name on the team, it's probably bad to say, but I mean, it's, it's so different. We have 30 compared to 110. Yeah. And I mean, everyone knows everybody, but it's that, it's that personal level that, you kind of miss a little bit sometimes is you might not always know where they're from or who their parents are, you know, their, their story about how they grew up or why they're here. So I feel like that would be something that I wish I could have at a more personal level with every single one of my teammates. Yeah, that's definitely different. Do you think you have a welcome to college athletics moment? Yeah. Um, it was actually our, my very, I was a freshman at junior college um, and junior college there's not, I mean, you can, there's not really any rules on the field. You can kind of do whatever. But first series, uh, we're playing a doubleheader against Johnson County, who's usually this loaded team. They have guys pumping out Division One talent every single year. Um, I think we got 10 runs our first game, honestly. Um, second game, they're up 4 nothing. I think, 3 or 4 nothing, And I hadn't got a hit yet. And I go up there. First pitch, I get into one. I know it's gone, and I, absolute zero feel by me. But I just bat flip the heck out of it, and I'm jogging the first base, and I hear their dugout and their coaches just cursing at me. I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Like, why are they so mad? And I <laughs> get back to the dugout, and you know, our we're we're pretty fired up, but also some of our friends are like, dude, why did you do that? And you know, I'm from small town Iowa there wasn't any chirping or stuff going like going on like that in high school baseball so my next at bat I go up I strike out on three pitches and I just get absolutely mf by their whole dugout the pitcher the I honestly think their other coaches the catcher bumps into me on my, the way back to my dugout our coach comes out their coach comes out their whole team is just screaming at us like all this stuff i'm like wow that escalated quickly all from this little bat flip i guess i won't be doing that anymore if we're getting killed every game you know what though that's got to be a pretty unique experience just to know you just tanked one and doing the signature flip that's always something that you know i wish i could have done in high school (laughs) i I stopped playing baseball in like eighth grade and i had three home runs but you don't do that in eighth grade so (laughs) no exactly that would have been a really uh, surreal experience, I imagine. And, and to, to realize that JUCO is a little bit different, it was probably a good lesson, I would imagine, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it sparked it sparked a fire under me, um, our team, and then I think it helped with, you know, just maturity, I guess. It kind of introduces you to this is college sports, get used to it. Um, it's a whole different animal, a whole different level of competitiveness. Um, but, yeah, it was – I mean, I respected it. I get why they did it now. Yeah, and ultimately, also, it's a business, you know? It's yeah, not, exactly. It's a business. It's not just you're playing baseball. It's 
wins and losses, they matter for the community, for the school, and for the coaches because that's their job security too, right? Is, oh, yeah. You know, they're they're judged on how many games they win and lose. And so also if you spark that fire in your team and you guys get hot, then that's a benefit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think our second year – our second year was a different story. I think we led, we either led the country or were second in home runs. And, you know, we could bat football we want because we were beating people. But that was the only difference. But I will never have that opportunity. So I will live that through you. Well, that's kind of all the scripted questions I have for you. Uh, thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to sit down and chat with me. This was really fun and really interesting for me. And maybe, uh, maybe down the road, once you're back playing and in that lineup again, we can have you back on and we can talk about that a little bit. But thank you very oh, yeah. much. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate you letting me talk about baseball and just kind of whatever I'm going through. Thank you. Well, guys, that's it. It's uh, That's the episode, Josh Fitzgerald, Minnesota Baseball. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your guys' days for listening to this episode and continuing to support us in our journey. Feel free to share this on you know Facebook, Twitter, wherever you guys have been sharing it. It's been getting a lot of uh, publicity and views. and So thank you very much.